Well, praise the Lord. Once again, Pastor Jerry coming to you with the Word of God. Again, it's always an honor, always a privilege to bring the Word to you. Praise God. We're just so grateful that you're connecting with us, so grateful that you're listening. If you're listening by podcast or watching by Vimeo or Roku or something like that, we're just grateful, praise God, that you're watching or listening. And so for that, uh, we give God praise. So let's dive right into the Word of God once again. We're going to go up, come out of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and I'm going to go down here to verse... 11, and it says, now all these things happened to them, of course in context, talking about the children of Israel, all these things happened to them as examples, all right, or types of shadows, things to learn from here, right, that they were written for our admonition or instruction or teaching upon whom the ends of the ages have come, praise God, which just means that no matter how many times you read through this, you can always glean something, always learn something, praise God. Now, of course, what we've been doing on our midweek services has been ministering about patriarchs of faith, uh, talking about you know great men and women of God who've done uh, great things, things we can learn from. Now, I shouldn't say, you know, sometimes it's the good, the bad, and the ugly, so it's not everything that we've learned from uh, our time together has been always all great things. Some things, of course, also things we've learned, some of their mistakes. But uh, anyway, regardless of the good, the bad, and the ugly, we're learning from, we're gleaning from, they're examples to you and me, praise God. And what I've done over the last couple weeks is I came out of 2 Chronicles in chapter 20 and uh, ministered about a man named Jehoshaphat as a leader of uh, the people of Judah. And uh, they had several armies come together, unite against them, uh, to war against them, to basically just try to uh, eliminate them. And so what we have is... uh, Jehoshaphat's example, I'll just say it like that, Jehoshaphat's example to us is what a good uh, leader should do, amen? The first thing he did is he sought God, amen? He uh, sought the Lord, amen, Uh, was seeking for a word from God, and of course the word says that it wasn't just him, but all the people of Judah and Jerusalem, they all came together, amen, to seek God together, to fast and to pray, amen? So it's a pretty good, uh, pretty cool uh, thing, a good way to start when you you got op, uh, opposition, praise God. And of course, my series here has been called Silencing the Enemy. And so, you know, just like I've said the last couple of weeks, is the key to this, first and foremost, is go to God, seek God. And that's why Jehoshaphat makes a great example to you and me. Now, he, of course, then gets a word of the Lord, okay, uh, through the prophet, Amen. About what to do. And of course, uh, we hear like phrases like, uh, you know, the battle's not uh, not yours, but the Lord's. Amen. The fight is not yours, but the Lord's. Amen. And so uh, he got the word of the Lord that that he wasn't going to have to fight in this battle. But he did uh, all. But according to the word, he had to still uh, face his enemy. And of course, I want to get that out. Okay, because he still had to face his enemy. All right. He still had to eliminate fear and dismay, discouragement, amen, he, he can't come under some form of insecurity and fear here. He still has to deal with that and still has to face his enemy. And, of course, we know the word of the Lord about that, you know, so he follows that, gets out there. They, they basically line up, and what, instead of lining up all the, uh, the men with, with uh, you know, weaponry and all that kind of stuff, what he did is he put the praisers out front. This is what Jehoshaphat did. He put the praisers out front because... He believed what God had to say. He believed in what the prophet had to say. Amen. So he thought, well, 
if uh, the battle's the Lord's, and let's just put the praisers out there, and they begin to praise God, and as they walk toward their enemy, uh, the enemy, of course, turned on itself, praise God, and by the time they got up there, the enemy was eliminated, praise God. So it's a cool, cool story, cool uh, uh, word of the Lord, cool promise, amen, uh, uh, cool ending result there, praise the Lord. And uh, so we can learn from this. We can glean from this. And the first and foremost is the fact that you have to, uh, you know, seek God first. So with that said, let's jump into uh, uh, the book of James once again. James in chapter 4, please. James in chapter 4. And uh, we're going to kind of uh, touch on something I touched on last week and then kind of dive into where we're going with it today. So James chapter 4, please. And verse 7 was the key verse. I might read a little bit more of this here in a minute, but verse 7, please. And it just says this, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Okay, first off, submit. What does that mean? The word submit means to be subject to, uh, reflexively or reflective, which just means to, to follow when led, okay, is what it's referring to. That means to yield or to be under the obedience of one, okay? So, in other words, if we're going to submit to God, we're going to be under, the, under obedience to Him. As He leads and as He directs, amen, we're going to respond, praise God. So, first it says, submit to God. Remember now, it's the first part. Then it said, resist the enemy, right? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The word resist means to stand against, to oppose, to withstand, to counter, or here we go, to endure, and I'm referring to it in a sense of consistency or constancy. And I believe I brought it out last week that there really is no, in, uh, no resistance without endurance. There's no resistance without consistence, okay? So a lot of people can say they're, they're resisting, but they're really maybe not really resisting, or maybe one time they might have, uh, you know, stood their ground for a few minutes or something, or they might have prayed something once or something, whatever. Now, we're not making light of any of that. We're just saying that true resistance is going to have some form of consistency, some form of endurance, okay? You're going to have to stay with it. But you notice it says, first, submit to God, then resist. And of course, the resisting is facing your enemy. Always got to be facing your enemy. We're never going to be exempt from that. And there's a, you know, I've kind of been hammering on this, I know, but uh, I'm just going to say it again. There's a lot of folks, I notice, uh, they just don't resist, okay? They might talk about resisting, or they might even know about resisting, but not everybody follows through with that. Not everybody uh, stands their ground when it comes time to opposition or some form of uh, demonic attack or assault against them or their household or whatever it may be, Okay. And when we're talking about some kind of assault, it could be against your household, your family, your health, your finance, your business, come on, your church, your nation. I mean, it was all kinds of demonic assault that comes. And we are called as a people of God to resist our enemy. But first, we're called to, here we go, submit to God, get the leading of God. Now, as I've been saying last week, and I probably primarily last week brought this out, and you'll notice uh, that, uh, uh, you know, to Jehoshaphat, he said, the battle's not yours. In other words, you don't have to pick up arms to, to do this today, all right? Or I actually said tomorrow. Tomorrow when you go down and face them, you won't have to pick up arms when you face your enemy. Now, a lot of times that's a, a, 
Some of those verses out of uh, 2 Chronicles 20 gets thrown around. A lot of times people will use that when uh, they're up against, their back's against the wall and they're up against some kind of opposition. They're going to be quick to say, well, the battle's the Lord's. Well, did God really tell you that? Somebody said, well, it's a verse. Well, of course it's a verse, and it's a wonderful verse, and we love it when we get that word uh, from the Lord, that you know, the, you know, we're not going to be the ones that have to pick up arms, so to speak, that, that we're just going to have to you know, face the enemy instead of having to actually go down and get in uh, that, some kind of a hand-to-hand combat, so to speak. You know? Amen. Well, you know, that's a wonderful, a wonderful word, a wonderful promise, and obviously if God's the one leading, guess what? That's the result you're going to get. But not every time in the Word do you see where God said the battle's His. There are many times in the Word of God He tells them to pick up arms, go and retrieve what's yours. Come on now. And my thought with that is if, what, if, what if God uh, would have told them uh, to uh, you know, go out against them, amen, and, and fight, and, and if Jehoshaphat would have still put the praisers out in front, what would have happened? Well, it may not have been the same result. I'm just saying. Okay. Or we got a lot of times where, where uh, people are called to get out there and fight, but, you know, they, uh, you know, they just don't get out there and fight. So what happens is you don't get the promises that are, that are uh, you know, that are yours to have. Are you hearing me today? A lot of times uh, people just uh, use, uh, throw those kind of things around just to, uh, uh, you know, maybe, um, uh, maybe they're just lazy. It could be, or maybe they just... Uh, you know, are just hoping that God's just going to take care of everything. Sometimes things like that are said based out of ignorance, okay? They heard somebody say it one time, so they say it. And I know I'm hammering on this, but I'm really trying to bring out, okay, through this series, okay, the importance of seeking God, getting a word from God about your your area of resistance and how you're called to resist your enemy. Because nowhere in this book does it say to just sit back on your couch and do nothing. Okay, there's always some form of resistance, all right? And so what I kind of closed with last week is just kind of briefly talking about different ways that God could uh, lead you in some resistance. And so I'm probably going to talk about some of them a little bit more in depth today. Um, So I hope you got an ear to hear. So since we're in the book of James, let's go down to the next verse. And it says here, draw near to God. And what happens? He, what, draws near to you, praise God, all right? And then, of course, it gives you kind of a leading. It says, you know, cleanse your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, you double-minded. So in other words, it's talking about making some, some change and some adjustments in your life. But first it says this, draw near to him, all right? Well, why, do you, why, why, why draw near to him? Okay, well, it says he draws near to you, amen? So that's, that's definitely a, a cool promise, amen? But if you kind of back up here in a, in a couple verses, it talks about how he gives what? He, gives, he resists the proud but gives grace to the humble, okay? And then it says in verse 7, like we read earlier, therefore, or because of that. A lot of times when you see the word therefore, you got to stop and see what it's there for, Amen. Now, it's therefore because he's saying, listen, if you want the empowerment, if you want grace on your life, amen, you're going to have to, you know, draw near to him, all right? And what happens then? He draws near to you. Now, I've taught many times on grace, the, the word grace, charis, okay, which is, it means a gift or, you know, the favor of God. You know, a lot of times you see it uh, in Scripture uh, as that. But uh, what it's really defined as is a divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in one's life. 
In other words, what it's talking about is, is divine empowerment, okay? So that's why you draw near to God. That's why he talks about, you know, uh, come, uh, come to the throne of grace to obtain uh, grace, right? To obtain mercy and find the grace of God in time of need, all right? So in other words, if you want the grace of God, you got to go to the, uh, the throne of grace. you got to go to the God of grace, amen, to get the grace of God, amen. Now, a lot said right there, and again, I, like I said, I've done a whole series on this, uh, but the bottom line is I'm trying to show you that the only way you're going to get empowered with grace is you got to draw near. So your first, uh, you know, first thing that we can see here is you're going to have to be moving toward God. That's what seeking God's all about. That's why submitting yourself to God is so important. Amen. Because you're going unto God, amen, to get whatever empowerment you need, to get whatever leading you need so you can turn and resist. Amen. In fact, in uh, 2 Corinthians in chapter 12, he brings out, he says that my grace is sufficient for you. Remember, he was talking to, to Paul when Paul was seeking God about the enemy that was opposing him, all right? I mean, the enemy was, uh, the word says he was buffeting him. He's opposing him, coming against him, warring against him. And he said he sought God three times about that. And every time the Spirit of God said this, my grace is sufficient for you. And he brings out, he says, in your weakness, right? So when you're weak, you're strong. He's talking about in your weakness, in your inability to produce a result, I'm strong, he says. So that's why you got to draw near to God. Why? Because you want that empowerment. So when we're talking about resistance, we're never, ever talking to you about, you know, you know resisting your enemy in your own power, in your own strength in your own, uh, you know, physical, uh, you know, strength or whatever. We're, not, we're never talking about you resisting your enemy in your own power, in your own strength. And I hope I'm making that clear because it's never about that. It first starts with you submitting yourself to God, amen, with you, uh, you know, drawing from God. So as you move toward God, he's moving towards you. In other words, that divine influence is coming upon you. Now, you notice in those uh, couple verses earlier, he says that he resists the proud, right? And the word proud just means one that uh, really is, is all about his own, their own strength, all about their own ability, their own power, and who they are, all right? God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble, all right? Which is one, literally just means to lower oneself. And all that means is it's not about uh, debasement or, or, you know, uh, looking at yourself as nothing. It's talking about you're coming under the mighty hand of God. You're coming under His leading. You're coming under His strength. You're coming under His ability. You're coming under His power, praise God. That's the cool thing about humility. Humility for, uh, you know, really primarily is about a submission to God, all right? And that's why he said, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw near to him. He draws near to you, praise God. So, amen. First and foremost, it's going to be you drawn on God, amen, getting a leading from God, whatever it may be. All right. Now, I hope you're hearing this. Now, let's go to 1 Peter, and he kind of says something similar to this. So, 1 Peter in chapter 5, please. Praise the Lord. 1 Peter, chapter 5. And, of course, again, he's talking about, uh, you know, God giving grace to the humble again. Uh, but let's go to verse 6. Chapter 5, verse 6 says, Therefore, again, he's using that word there again. Again, he's talking about resist, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, amen, verse 6, humble yourselves. Here we go. 
under the mighty hand of God. Why? So that he can exalt you or lift you up in due time. And of course, it says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Come on now. Remember, I used that last week. And just remember, every time you read it, you should say, he may not hear. He's not going to devour out of my household. Come on now. And then it says, resist him, right? Steadfast the faith. Now, the reason we're reading that through is because, again, we're talking about we got an enemy that's opposing you. So we got to resist that enemy. Well, in this text, he brings out something that's pretty important, all right? And that is this, casting all your care upon him, okay? Well, that's referring to, you know, worry, anxiety, um, you know, that, that mental torment, mental pressure, all right? You got to learn to cast that on the Lord, amen? Now, sometimes the Spirit of God will talk to you about that. He'll talk to you about you're, 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 you're worrying too much about this. You've you got too much fear going on here. you got too much insecurity going on here. you got too much panic or something like that going on here. Amen. And you have to understand that anytime you're in fear, you're not in faith. All right? So you have to at least understand that one of the keys uh, may be very much or very much be the fact that you need to cast the care of whatever it is you're dealing with. If that enemy is opposing you, okay, let's say uh, he's opposing you in your health, okay? Well, you may have, uh, you know, anxiety about, you know, am I going to live or not? You know, is this going to cost a bunch? Am I going to miss work? Or all these kind of things that might try to hit your head uh, uh, when the area of, of, you know, dealing with maybe some kind of physical ailment or something. Well, you just have to understand, you have to cast care of that stuff on the Lord, if you're ever going to oppose or resist your enemy, okay, if you're ever going to stand against your enemy, you can never stand against your enemy in fear, okay? Remember, that's what he talked about, uh, talked to Jehoshaphat about, all right? You're going to have to not be fearful, not be afraid, right? Not be dismayed or discouraged, right? In other words, you're going to go face your enemy, but you can't do it in fear. That was their part to do. Don't be fearful. Face your enemy, and he said, and the battle's going to be mine. All right, praise the Lord. Well, in this particular case, he's saying the same thing, really. You have to, uh, you know, you have to be willing to cast those cares on. And sometimes the Spirit of God will talk to you about that. Sometimes that's all it is that's holding, holding you back from your victory. It could just be you're too caught up with anxiety, too stressed out about whatever it is that's going on. All right, you might be too uh, fearful about what the enemy's trying to do or what the enemy's, uh, you know, maybe already done or could be something that's happened in the past and here you are facing something similar to it again and now your head's starting to run all kinds of directions, you know. And the word is so clear, you know, about just not, not giving the enemy place in those things. Amen. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. You can't let, your, you can't let the enemy, you know, get you all caught up with cares, with anxiety and fear. Are you hearing me today? So one of those things that, the, or that the, the Lord will talk to you about concerning opposing your enemy or resisting your enemy, amen, is the fact that you might right now be caught up mentally with the mental war, warfare, the, the mental games that the enemy tries to play on, on the people of God, or really anybody for that matter. That's just how he does it with anybody. But uh, as a child of God, you know, you, you need to kind of stop and settle it and say, that's not going to happen here, praise God. Amen. I'm not going to buy into this. I cast the care of this on the Lord, praise the Lord. And the, you notice the word says, if you cast the care on him, the word says he, why? Because he cares for you. He's got your back is what it's referring to. 
In other words, if you'll let go of that, he's got your back. All right? So that's one uh, area there that the, the Lord could talk to you about in the area of your resistance, praise God. And you notice it's talking about uh, the enemy. It's, it's make, making it real clear here that it's the enemy that's coming against to devour, uh, to somehow cause you to come under whatever it is, and that's why you have to resist him steadfast in the faith, praise God. Amen. But one of those things, amen, could very well be an area the Lord talks to you about, and that is casting the care of whatever it is you're going through, cast it upon him, praise God. Why? Because he cares for you, because he's got your back, praise God. Hallelujah. Hope you're hearing this today. Let's look at another one, praise God. Uh, let's, go to, uh, let's go to Ephesians chapter 6, please. Ephesians chapter 6, amen. Now, again, I know I kind of touched on a few of these things briefly, uh, closing last week's service, uh, but I just kind of thought today I wanted to go into this thing and at least kind of open up the scriptures and let's see where, where it goes here, praise God. But I just want to talk to you about really in a sense how much the Lord talks in the scriptures about resisting your enemy. All right, and then the different ways that he does it, amen. So that's why it pays for you uh, and me to go to God, amen, to, to humble ourselves before God, submit ourselves to God, amen, and then, you know, get the leading, get the direction, amen, get the assignment, so to speak, for, uh, for us to follow, amen, in the, sin, in the area of resistance of our enemy, praise God. Now, in this particular text, in Ephesians 6, and let's like verse 11, and I don't know that I'm going to read all through this, but verse 11 brings out, put on the whole armor of God. Amen. Why? Why do you want to put on the whole armor of God? Well, that you may be able to stand, okay, or oppose, you know, to stand against, to, right, to, right, come on out, to face your enemy. Come on now. You may be able to stand against what? The wiles or the scheming or the plotting, uh, you know, the manipulation of the devil. All right? So obviously... One of the ways to resist your enemy is to make sure you got your armor intact. Now, there's multiple pieces all through here in this. You know, it talks about, you know, your fight's not with flesh and blood, but it is against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age and spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. All right? It's not against people, but against your enemy. Come on now. Now, listen, it talks about all kinds of armor pieces. It talks about the belt of truth. Talks about the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen. Talks about the, uh, the helmet. I mean, there's just, I mean, several pieces in here, and I probably missed some, but I'm talking about the, uh, how about the shield of faith is one. Amen. But then it gets down to like verse 17, and it talks about the helmet of salvation, salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And that's one of your weapons. Now, all of this is armor. And it's all there to help you resist your enemy. But you know what? You don't just, uh, you know, go out there with just armor on and let the enemy just keep taking shots at you. Somewhere along the line, you got to get your own licks in there. Come on now. And how you do that? Well, with the sword of the Spirit. Amen. Which is, it explains, it's with the Word of God. In other words, you're going to have to be speaking the Word of God. That's how you use your sword. Now, the reason I say it that way, we got multiple references um, you got them. Uh, you got several in uh, the book of Revelation. We know there's also a prophecy about our Lord and Savior in the book of Isaiah about this. But it says that when you see the Lord, what you're going to see is a two-edged sword coming in and out of His mouth. Now you know as well as I do, He's not talking about a metal sword going in and out of His mouth. He's talking about the fact that He's speaking the Word of God. 
And every time you see the Lord, that's what he's doing. He's speaking the word of God. In fact, when he uh, resisted the enemy on the Mount of Temptation, the word's real clear. When the enemy came at him with a temptation, he'd say, it is written, and he'd quote the word. The enemy would come at him again. He'd say, it is written. Quote the word, praise God. And the enemy come at him a third time. He again, back at him. It is written and quote the word of God. Hallelujah. Now that's what we're talking about in this area. See, sometimes the spirit of God will talk to you about taking the promises of God or taking a verse or taking something that he spoke, not only maybe in the written word, but maybe even something he might have spoke to your heart about something. Amen. So it's still a word to you. Amen. But what you're supposed to do is speak that, praise God. And a lot of people, you know, they don't do that. They don't, they don't take the word of God and uh, resist their enemy. Amen. So part of resistance is going to be using the word of God. And there are times the, the spirit of God will be clear about what to do and how to do that. He'll give you a verse. Amen. He'll give you a promise to stand on. And what that means is you make declarations. You make a confession of faith. Amen. You, you take your stand with your promise out of the word of God. In fact, 1 Timothy in chapter 6 talks about fighting the good fight of faith, amen, with a good confession, it says. And that word is homologia, which means same word, okay? It's talking about a covenant acknowledgement is what it means. And what it refers to is taking something out of your covenant and speak it. And you got to speak it. You know, I talked in one of the previous services here about, you know, you know having a praise uh, you know, praising God, you know, verbally, talking about giving uh, the confession of thanks, a confession of adoration, amen, talking about something that's got to come out your mouth, amen. Well, a lot of people say, well, I got a, I got a, you know, a praise in my heart, or I got a, I've got adoration toward God in my heart. Well, that's not good enough. It's got to be coming out your mouth, okay? It's the same thing here with the Word. A lot of times people might even know their promise, amen, because a lot of times I'll talk to people and say, well, the Word of God says this, and they'll go, well, yeah, I know that. Well, why aren't you speaking that? Why aren't you making that declaration? Well, you know, I don't know. Well, that's what we've got to do. So you've got you to fight the good fight sometimes. Sometimes the Spirit of God will clearly give you a verse or a promise out of His Word to make declaration. Could it be a word that he spoke to you about, whatever it is we're dealing with here? Could it be something personally talked to you about? Amen. And then all of a sudden, here comes the enemy now to oppose that. Amen. So then you stand on the promise that God gave you. You stand on the word that God gave you, praise God. And you just like, just like Jesus did, it is written. Amen. And you give him a verse, praise God. And what you're doing, you're shoving that two-edged sword up the enemy's nose. Well, anyway, praise the Lord. This is how this is supposed to work. Now, again, this is another way that God will use uh, in, in the area of resistance of your enemy, praise God. So it pays to submit yourself to God, to get a leading from God, a word from God, amen, about how to resist. And part of that may very well be he gives you a verse to stand on, Something to declare, praise God. Something to resist your enemy with, praise the Lord. Amen. So it's just another way of resistance, praise God. Well, let's look at another one. Let's go to, um, let's go to Revelations 12, please. Revelations 12. This is a good one. Praise the Lord. Revelations 12. Another common one, actually. And uh, verse 11 
of Revelations 12, and it says this, And they overcame him. Now, who's the him? Well, if you back up a couple verses, talking about the great dragon that's been cast out. He's referred to as the serpent of old. He's called the devil and Satan. Okay, so we know who he's talking about. He even refers in this text here, and he calls him the accuser of the brethren. Okay, so multiple names in here, but we know who he's talking about. He's talking about the enemy, your enemy, my enemy, the devil. Are you hearing me? And it says this, that we overcome him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Now, there's quite a bit said in this verse, and again, I'm probably not going to do it justice, but the first and foremost, it talks about the blood of the Lamb. Praise God. Now, remember, that's referring to what Christ has done. There's been shed blood for you and me. Now, this is covenant talk we're talking here now, all right? But the blood is a way many times to resist your enemy. Sometimes the Spirit of God will put on your heart, amen, to resist him by the blood of Jesus. Amen. It could be you're, uh, you're uh, decreeing the blood over your household, over your family. Amen. A lot of times I've heard it referred to as the bloodline. Amen. The cord. Amen. The, uh, the scarlet cord, the bloodline. Amen. Around your household, around your loved ones, around your church. Amen. Around your business, whatever it is that you're praying about. Amen. Over your kids. I'm just telling you the blood of the lamb, praise God, is a way that God will use for you to resist your enemy, to overcome your enemy. It says by the blood of the lamb and by the word of of their testimony. Just means sometimes just talking about, you know, how good God is, what God has done. I've even seen that at, at times when uh, the Spirit of God tries to uh, oppose me in a, some area that maybe, uh, you know, at one time, uh, you know, I got a victory in that area uh, against my enemy. And so sometimes just a word of testimony, declaring, Lord, I thank you, Lord, hallelujah, that, you know, you always deliver me out of this thing. I thank you that I'm the healed and that you have healed me and delivered me many times, praise God. I thank you, Lord, you've always been my provider, always been my deliverer, praise God, hallelujah. And you may even have a time or two you bring up and you're just making declaration, praise God, of what God has already done for you, praise the Lord, amen. And I know a lot of times people look at that and say, well, it's, you know, it's talking about if you're standing in front of people and you give a testimony. Well, that's nothing wrong with that. That's all good, and, and it, de it definitely applies to that. But I'm talking about overcoming the enemy in your life, okay? You have to make the stand. You have to make a stand with the blood of the Lamb and with the word of your testimony, amen? Sometimes you just have to remind the enemy who's boss, that you're the one that has dominion. That the enemy has no dominion over you. That you're already the healed, already the delivered, already been provided for, praise God. Hallelujah. You make that stand, amen, by the word of your testimony. And then it talks about loving not your life even unto death. And all that means is, praise God, you're willing to go the distance. You're not going to be fearful of what the enemy could do. Come on now. He ain't got nothing on you. You can't let the enemy de deceive you into thinking he's got you. No, he don't. Praise God. You stand your ground who you are. Amen. And amen. You don't have to be fearful of death. Praise God. To be absent from the body means to be present with the Lord. Praise God. We have nothing to be fearful of. Praise God. Now then, these are just some things that the Lord brings out in his word that are areas of, are areas of uh, for us to use for resistance against the enemy. Praise God. Amen. So the blood of the lamb. The word of our testimony, 
loving not our lives, even unto death, praise God, man, willing to stand our ground no matter what. We refuse to back up. We refuse to quit. We refuse to tuck tail and run, praise God. We're going to stand our ground, resist our enemy, praise God. And I guarantee you these are areas that work in the area of overcoming and resisting your enemy, praise God. Just other, other ways that God can communicate to you about resistance. It pays to submit to God. Amen. To get the leading, the word from God. Amen. And when you get that and follow it, praise God, it works every single time. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. All right, let's look at another one. Let's go to this. We'll go to 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, please. Now, I'm just going to briefly talk about this one. We have touched on this definitely when we talked about Jehoshaphat. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and it says in everything, verse 18 here, right? Now, of course, talking about rejoicing and praying without ceasing here. And really, when you back up even further, it's talking about, uh, you know, not rendering evil for evil. So it's talking about, obviously, there's some form of opposition coming against you, all right? But it's talking about it here, in everything, give thanks, verse 18. 518 of 1 Thessalonians, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, uh, I just recently did a whole message on that, talked quite a bit about that. And I also know in the last couple of weeks, talking about Jehoshaphat, that was one of the things that Jehoshaphat did, amen. He put the praisers out front, amen, that that became an area of resistance of their enemy, praise God, is an area of thanksgiving, an area of praise, amen, praise God. In fact, the scriptures uh, talk about, uh, you know, uh, coming in, entering into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. It talks about, you know, that your, uh, the, the praises of God is what silences your enemy, praise God. Amen. What, what causes your enemy to be paralyzed. Amen. So giving of thanks, giving of praises. Amen. The word even also talks about in Luke 6, talking about rejoicing in that day and leaping for joy. See, it's talking about opposition coming against them. What do you do? Well, in this particular case, you begin to leap for joy. You begin to rejoice in God. And I think last week I kind of gave a brief testimony of what happened in my life uh, in that very area where the Spirit of God brought that to my attention, praise God. Well, He could do that to you. He could just say, you know, this is a good time for you to just start praising God, uh, you know, praising Him and leaping for joy, praise God. Man, you'll be amazed at how that, that kind of thing will just shut the enemy down, man. He don't want to be around praise. He don't want to be around you giving God honor and thanks. And hey, Come on, he'll, just, he'll be heading out the door, praise God. But again, this is just another way that God can use, amen, to give you, praise God, weaponry, so to speak, to resist your enemy, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Let's look at Colossians, amen. Back up here a book. In Colossians chapter 4, praise the Lord. In verse 2, hallelujah, it says, Continue, 4-2 of Colossians, continue earnestly in prayer, right? Being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Again, you're seeing the thanksgiving, but I want to bring out this thing about continue earnestly in prayer, all right? In fact, James 5 brings out that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, praise God. There's something about prayer. Now, <clears throat> I'm just trying to 
show you here just other things, okay? Now, a lot of times, you know, when we start talking about submitting to God, you know, we're going to God, most people say, well, that's, you know, I'm in prayer, all right? You are in prayer. That's part of it. And you have to understand that prayer is our communion with heaven. Now, listen, prayer is our communion with heaven, and it's our dominion on earth. So the reason I'm bringing out prayer is I'm trying to bring to your attention, okay, that you have to take authority over your enemy, all right? So part of your prayer life is not just about your communion with heaven. You and God talking about, sometimes it's about you resisting, come on now, hallelujah, you opposing your enemy. You might be in the spirit beginning to make declarations by prayer or through your prayer to resist and, and, and back up your enemy, praise God. You see, it's about dominion. It's about taking dominion. See, a lot of times in your prayer time, it's not just about you and God just having a conversation. Sometimes it's about you taking your stand in the area of the unseen when it comes time to your enemy. When your enemy's opposing you, amen, in your time of prayer, there ought to be some form of resistance, some form of you taking authority, taking dominion against your enemy, praise God. Taking your stand, amen. Now, the reason I thought... It'd be also good to bring out the fact um, about uh, prayers because a lot of times, you know, uh, you know, we see when we're praying to God, the Word says when, when you pray, to pray in Jesus' name, right? And I think I mentioned that last week about the name. Well, you have to understand the name is dealing with His character, His authority. So when you're praying in the name of Jesus, the Word says in the name. In fact, it brings out in, in uh, Mark 16, it says, in my name, He said, you will cast out demons, speak with new tongues, take up serpents, even you, uh, you know, deal with all this other stuff. He says, and, and it'll by no means hurt you. By no, it won't be able to uh, oppose that or resist you. Why? Because it's the name. There's something about the name, praise God. So another thing about prayer, you're praying in the name of Jesus. Amen. So you're standing, you know, behind his authority, his character, praise God. So sometimes... You know, I've literally had the Spirit of God just say, declare the name of Jesus over this. Amen. So when I'm praying and I'm making uh, my declarations of faith and, and I'm, I, you know, I'm taking my stand against the enemy, amen, sometimes it's just, it just kind of rises up in the name of Jesus, praise God. And all of a sudden it's like all of hell just starts shaking, praise God. There's just something about it. Again, just another thing that we use in our, in our arsenal, so to speak, in our, of our weaponry in dealing with our enemy, praise God. Just another thing. It's just something that God might talk to you about in the area of using, amen, what you have at, as resources, amen, uh, from heaven, amen, to use against resisting your enemy, praise God. All right, praise God. Um, in fact, maybe I should bring out in the area of prayer, uh, many times just praying in the Spirit. The Word talks about praying in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Amen. The Word talks about how it builds you up, but it also talks about, praise God, that when, when in your inabilities, amen, that the Spirit of God, as you begin to pray in the Spirit, it begins to, amen, in your inabilities to make you strong. And He begins to show you things that regardless of, of what you're dealing with, praise God, regardless of what you're uh, maybe come, feeling like you're coming up short with whatever, you pray in the Spirit of God, you get empowered, you get strengthened, you get edified, you get charged up, praise God. Hallelujah, just another thing. There's sometimes the Spirit of God say, pray in the Holy Ghost. 
Pray in the Spirit, praise God. And if you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, it's time to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Are you hearing me now? Amen. Stop resisting that. Stop opposing that. Amen. Get yourself filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. There's something about a prayer language, something about, man, that praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. That helps you in the area of resistance of your enemy. Again, just another facet of prayer there, okay? All right. So now let's look at another one. Ephesians, please. Ephesians chapter 4, please. I want to go back to Ephesians. And I'm going to go to chapter 4 this time. Hallelujah. Believe you're getting something? Praise God. Ephesians 4. And a verse, um, I think I just quoted it last week. It's a short verse. You, can't, you, you, can, you, can, you can learn this verse in just a few minutes. Praise God. Amen. It says this, nor give place to the devil. <laughs> nor give place to the devil. Amen. That means a foothold uh, or an opportunity to the devil. Praise God. Because sometimes we give the enemy a foothold. Sometimes the reason the enemy is opposing us and maybe taking ground is because we're giving him place, okay? We're giving him a foothold, okay? Now, let me bring some things out here because there's a lot said there in Ephesians 4, but I probably don't have time really to bring in, get into all of it. A big part of it is just the mental warfare. When you start letting the enemy get in your head, all right, you're giving him a place, you're giving him a foothold, okay? You can't, you got to learn to resist that stuff, all right? But let's go to 1 John. I think we'll close with this today. 1 John. Oh, hallelujah. 1 John chapter 5, I believe. Let me check it. Yeah, that's it. 1 John chapter 5. And I'm going to go to verse 18. I'm going to read a few verses here. It just says this. We know that whatever is born of God does not sin. Literally just means does not practice sin, okay? So not saying that you don't make a mistake once in a while. It just means you're not out there practicing it, okay? All right? But he who has been born of God, here we go, keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. Now, that's a good promise, all right? Now, I'll get back to that. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one, all right? That's, that's a good way of saying that. So everything out there is, is moving because, in a certain way because it's under the sway of the enemy. But you're not. Now, you're not called to be a part of that. Now, listen. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us uh, an understanding that we may know Him who is true, and we are in Him who is true, and in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourself from idols. And that just literally means um, uh, substitutes, anything out there that would somehow uh, cause you to look away from God. That's what it's referring to, okay, when you, when you kind of dive into that. But the point I want to bring out, if you back up in here, it says, uh, whoever's been born of God keeps himself, all right? And the last verse there, he talks about keeping yourself. What's he talking about here? Well, it means to, to maintain yourself in some things. Now, the reason I wanted to bring that out, and I think I did touch on that briefly last week, but sometimes the Spirit of God will bring things to your attention. Maybe there's areas of your life that you have allowed the enemy opportunity or you have allowed him a foothold, okay? So now here he is, you know, trying to somehow, you know, uh, attack you in an area and he's maybe getting the upper hand. Maybe he's, the enemy is, is somehow taking ground in your life. Well, it could be that maybe you're giving him a place, a foothold, 
So what he's talking about here is, is keeping yourself. In other words, there are times when you need to stop and let God begin to talk to you about certain areas of your life. It could be something he's already talked to you about. My guess is in most cases, it probably is. In most cases, there's things God's already talked to you about. And the word's real clear about keeping yourself. When you keep yourself, what do you say here? The wicked one, the enemy, cannot even touch you. In other words, he's, it's hands off, man. Why? Because you've made a, an adjustment, a change in your life, and you're maintaining that, praise God. So sometimes the Spirit of God will talk to you about making adjustments in your life or maybe remind you about, you know, keeping this area of your life intact or about maintaining this and, and, you know, don't yield to this. Don't give way to that. Don't give the enemy place here. Don't give him a foothold here. Praise God. All right? So there are times that that's all he talks to you about and just make the adjustments. When you make the adjustments, the enemy has no more place, has no more hold on you, praise God. So just another area, amen, that God could communicate to you about, amen, in the area of your resistance toward God. Now again, submit to God, resist the devil, and the promise is he will flee. Now I'm going to say what I said earlier, and maybe this time I'll just a little more umph to it, praise God, but listen. No more just talking about resistance. It's time to do it, child of God. All right? We're called to resist our enemy. Don't use the, you know, throw around the verse that the battle's the Lord's and then don't do anything. No. All right? You get in the fight. You face your enemy. You, my friend, deal with the fear, the anxiety, the head trips. Keep yourself, all the things we talked about, keep in prayer. Amen. Stand against the enemy in the area of prayer, praise God. And put the armor on, whatever it is he talks to you about. Get after it, praise God. Don't play patty cake with the enemy. You have authority. You have dominion over the enemy. The enemy has no place on you. He says he's going to defeat the enemy. He's going to crush him under your feet, praise God. Hallelujah. He's given you authority over the enemy. And the enemy shall not hurt you, praise God. Why? Because you have authority. You have dominion, praise God. So you don't, you don't, you know, tuck tail and run or, or ignore it or, or turn away from it or go and hide. Come on now, you resist. So enough talking about it, enough, uh, you know, ignoring it, praise God, get in the fight, amen. But seek God, get the word of the Lord for you, praise God, and get yourself facing your enemy and resist him the way God leads you to, praise God. And guess what? That enemy will flee, praise God, in stark terror. Oh, hallelujah. Hope you got something today. Father, I give praise and glory right now for the people of God that had an ear to hear. I thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. That today they heard something, praise God, that'll spark them just to get in the fight, praise God, to not back down, to not quit, but to face their enemy in every situation, praise God, knowing they've got a victory in you, knowing they're going to be triumphant in you and for that I give you praise in Jesus name amen and amen I call you blessed thanks for listening if you'd like to watch the video of this message head over to vimeo.com forward slash wo victory or go to Jerry Roberts ministry on Roku for more information about who we are and what we do here at Word of Victory check out the website at wovictory.org that's wovictory.org. See you there.